My name is Mohammed. I'm an avid content creator and student. And I'm Will, a student leader and team building expert. Welcome to Uni Unplugged, the weekly podcast for students by students, where we help you get the most out of university. Time management at university can be difficult, especially with the added pressure of needing to work a job outside of academic hours. Our first guest on Uni Unplugged is no stranger to long days and a jam-packed schedule. From leading the Aerospace Society at the University of Sheffield, while juggling multiple jobs to step up as project manager for a student drone team, she's done it all. In today's episode, we are joined by Parisha Mystery, third-year aerospace student and good friend, to discuss what it's like to juggle multiple responsibilities as a student and our top tips for time management. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. So, Parisha, tell the listeners a bit about yourself. So, I'm a fourth generation engineer um and i think that's important to introduce with because my family are really important to me so my great granddad worked on boats in india i think it was Mm. my granddad was a draftsman so he did a lot of technical drawings and the like um unfortunately he died during the covid pandemic um so i never actually got to see all of them Mm. but all of his stuff still exists and like the loft and stuff so i'm in the process three years later of convincing my dearest father to get them out. And then my dad, he is a mechanical automotive engineer by trade, currently working in battery testing. Um, But he's pretty cool. He used to work in like Japan, he used to work in Germany and stuff. Um, So yeah, and then there's me, an aerospace engineer. And I guess my real passion is about inspiring others into the career career field. Um, And I'm gonna shamelessly plug here, (laughs) seeing as um, I've seen you both do it. I run my own Instagram account, The Arrow and Girl, which is basically me kind of saying, this is this is uni life, you know? This is what I've done to get to where I am. I don't have the conventional GCSE, A-level, straight into uni route. Right. Um, spoiler, I took a gap, yeah. It was the best decision of my life. <laughs> um, and as part of that, I previously worked, previously worked in education alongside my studies, um, coaching, mentoring, tutoring, and I want to emphasise those words aren't synonymous. They all mean slightly different things that fall under the general kind of persona of teaching and stuff. Okay. Um, and now I live on the Rainbow Brick Road to bed every night. And I'm really <laughs> proud of that phrase. <laughs> what does that mean? So anyone who has had the honour of seeing my calendar before no uh, I see, see? <laughs> and right at the end of the day it all goes quiet because it's bedtime and that's the best so rainbow brick road meaning the colours of your individual blocks of time that literally feels like what is it like 7am to 10 9 9am 9 till maybe 8 <laughs> maybe also 9 8 if it's uni meetings Midnight if I'm studying, midnight if I'm at work. Yeah. Mm. But work varies. It's quite fun. Sometimes we'll be out, like, service will stop at 10. We'll be out at, like, quarter past 10. Mm -hmm. Or half one in the morning. Yeah. yeah. I get paid, so it's fine. If you ever get the pleasure of seeing Parisha's calendar, you'll think she has literally just coloured it all in for fun. (laughs) Um, There's not often an hour free, but I think we'll get onto that later. Yeah. Potentially as well. Um. Quickly going back, because I heard you mention the bits about coaching, mentoring, tutoring. What was the difference between them? So I think the difference I found is more through my own experiences. I think if you look in like a dictionary, for example, there'll be 
maybe more defined differences. But I used to coach kids in their swimming technique. So that was a lot of, I observe something and I demonstrate to them what I think is going on and kind of give them the tips that I would use to improve that technique. So, okay. Will, I know you're a swimmer and I sure think a am. lot of that resonates with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, But it wasn't a case of the teaching method of I do, we do, you do, because I wasn't necessarily in the pool. And it was, I can't give one student 10 minutes of my attention. It's more 10 seconds. You mm. do. You kind of go in and you're like, right, you need to breathe on three or something. Sure. Something I've heard. Yeah. you've heard three, three, yeah. um so yeah and I think that was coaching it was more me telling you what I think than you doing it and me seeing how that mm. has an impact right whereas mentoring is more of a relationship that's more equal so I think that if I were and I have mentored people in the past it's kind of a well, what do you want to get out of this and what do you think you can get out of this from me? And how do you want to get there? So that mentee has so much more of a direction in the way in which things progress in the relationship or the rapport um, develops. And I think that that was one of my biggest gains from my gap year of just mentoring so many different age ranges and abilities and periods in their life of people at the same time. So was your so you did mentoring and teaching throughout your gap year? Is that when you did those things? Yeah. More or less. I've been yeah. Again, teaching is different from tutoring because teaching is yes. more standing at the front of a class and saying, If I want to do and sorry, I'm an engineer, I'm gonna go for maths. If I wanna <laughs> do trigonometry, I'm gonna do this, this, and this. And there might be the varieties here, here and here. Now you have a go. Whereas what I like to do when I tutor is say more, right, you tell me what you know and then we'll work through it together and use things like analogies. So I think one of the ones I was tutoring yesterday was someone couldn't grasp the concept of the length of a square and we just happened to be sitting at a square table. So I said, you see this table? I know this length, I know this one, and I know this one, and I know this one. And they were like, oh, that makes so much more sense now. Mm. And that's what I really like about tutoring because it's a case of I get to sit down and immerse myself into one individual's world and really commit to that, um, which was quite hard about my old job because I'd have to immerse myself simultaneously into six worlds. Yeah. yeah. I've always liked the idea that teaching something to someone else is the best thing you can do to learn it yourself. And especially on Kestrel, the student project that we're doing, um, I've had the best experience being <laughs> essentially like shoved into a role that I wasn't ready for and having to acquire the skills and teach them at the same time to someone else. And that I really think has skyrocketed like my, my progress over time. But I, I'm imagining it's something similar for you. Absolutely. Um, I actually need to get back into the mindset of doing this. But first year, obviously, we were in isolation and such. Um, my childhood teddy is a whiz at like electronics right because i just used to sit there and be like and then we do this and then we do that <laughs> and then we do this and he was just giving like yeah i totally know what's going on vibes so. yeah so you literally like taught a teddy bear it's not any old teddy bear will. sorry childhood the teddy bear the childhood toy <laughs> the teddy bear all of your electronics and that and that helped yeah i got like 89 percent in the year wow nice Wow. So did he. <laughs> did he, yeah. 
he sat next to you I, and did his exams. Okay, I held him on all of my exams. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> give me a little bit of luck, bro. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Okay, where were we? Um. So alongside everything I do at uni and kind of personal development, I work, surprise, Um. and I work at an awesome little pizza restaurant called Prove. Um, it's in Broomhill. Check it out. Um, but I absolutely love it. So I started there as kind of a kitchen porter or what we refer to as a KP. So my job is every single plate, pot, dish, spoon, not cup. I don't get the cup, which is quite <laughs> nice. And this is a milkshake glass. I wash it all. Um, and that in itself is quite a skill because we'll be doing like little bits of prep on shifts. So all the basil leaves that you get on your pizzas. Mm. Um, yeah, I've probably had to prep those at some point as well as wash up obviously not at the same time um talking about things at the same time though how have you found like actually having this job at prove and trying to like manage your your studies as well trying to balance the two it's a challenge um but one thing that's really kind of helped me keep that on track and keep it in balance is regular conversations with my manager um I'm really lucky that the team that I'm in is very close-knit mm. and everyone kind of knows, oh, it's getting to the exam period time of the year or mm, you seem a bit stressed, as it were, today. Is everything all right? And it's like, I've got this massive assignment due and people will cover and stuff. And just being honest about that. So when I have more time, I'll take cover on for people who might have lit reviews and stuff due for their master's projects and the like. Right. Um, but keeping it in my calendar as well, it's quite nice just to see. So I get rotors, what, three weeks in advance. So if you look in my calendar, it's in there three weeks in advance and I plan around. So I'll give myself, what, the hour that I need before my shift to just get myself, like, my uniform together from the depths of the uniform bucket it's assigned um and then get myself up to work in time and the like but then also recognize after work there is time there where it would be very easy to sit down and be like oh I'm going to read through this lecture and start making some notes mm. but actually I'm going to be tired I've yeah. been running around for six seven hours and Mo is obviously living with Mo I think you've seen me slide back into the flat <laughs> after some of those shifts yeah. and I'm like I'm so tired, I'm going to bed. <laughs> um, so it's recognising that although there's time in the day, then actually studying or doing something associated with uni isn't actually the right thing to do. Mm. Um, and that's from experience. There have been some long nights. Um, yeah, I don't want to think about those nights. So it's kind of come in and I'm like, God, I get this done. But it, it's not the way to do it and I think you have to get it wrong in order to find a way to get it right yeah for sure um, that's a really good point about um communication that you mentioned before as well in that I think both of us have been really lucky in the sense that are like the, the teams that we work with are quite accommodating in the sense of I, I'd imagine your staff can see that when you had a hard time with you know uni or work in general and you need to take a bit of a step back in a very similar vein to that the part-time job that I have at the university is extremely accommodating because you know I'm literally in university and working there at the same time so they know that we have all these deadlines to cover especially in engineering um, and so that aspect of communicating with your you know seniors your team um, 
about when you need to take a step back and when you can push more is like absolutely essential. Um, and I think this is going to lead into later topics as well about time management, but it's really key when you're trying to figure out where you should dedicate your time when you need to, in the sense that you'd, you, like last, like we mentioned last episode, you don't want to burn yourself out with it. Um, or even two episodes ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that was two episodes ago now. Yeah. Time I'm moving flies. fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and similarly, is that how you say that word? Similarly. It's, it is. I said that during my uh, guest lecture. You said similarly just now. Yeah, and that's what I said during my guest lecture. Um, similarly, with having like things that we've spoken about before, about like that support group, yeah. I think that's where that community aspect of Proof has really like helped you because they are your support group for work as well. Mm. Um, and I really don't think it, that's... Uh, and I really think that's something that should be really valued and looked for when applying for jobs. Like a lot of students, when they're looking for jobs, are probably looking for jobs that other students would have already had. And they'll probably be able to talk to people. They might have heard about the job through a friend who works there potentially. So just asking that person, like, if you are looking for a job, this is um, how how they find it, if they are accommodating in that way. And if they're not, then maybe think about looking somewhere else. Because how did you how did you find out about Prove? Was it through a student or like a good review? How did you know that you were going into a good sort of environment or did you not at all? Friend of a friend. Friend of a friend. <laughs> OK, that's fair. Um, I think we were discussing this earlier. We have a friend. Um, who's in our close friend circle and he went to school with someone who works at Prove um, and this manager was looking for someone um, potentially and after a lot of persuasion I managed to get myself in to have an interview that just became me signing paperwork which was very <laughs> oh, nice. strange um, but it was from the moment I walked in you know there was no obligation for me to leave there having signed the paperwork Right. Um, and it, so I went in, and the manager was really kind of like, "Oh, I'm really sorry. We're really busy, but you know, I'm really glad you came in today and stuff." And it was really nice that he made that time. Even looking back and thinking, there was at least ten other things he could have been doing there, but he's put all of that aside to make me feel welcome. And the other staff that were in there at the time weren't just like, "Oh, we're just going to get on with our jobs." It was oh, there's someone here who might be coming to join the team sort of thing. Take a second to say hi, ask me if I've got everything, tell me the floor's slippy. That floor is notoriously slippy. <laughs> can, can like, hold my hands up and say, I've slid a few times in there. But it's it's, a, it's nice that a colleague that isn't your colleague yet kind of just turned around and went, that's going to kill you at some point. Yeah. Um, I, think that, I think that really highlights, like, the power of a first impression. Because you walked in there and immediately people were giving you like really good first impressions. Um, and and I, I feel like you would say yes to this, but would you say that that first impression was reflective of how they actually are? Through, like through your time that you've had there? Plot twist. I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it absolutely has been. I think yeah. definitely now I can say, so we have a front of house team and a back of house team who does what it says on the tin. As someone who works back of house, I work in the kitchen. I can still turn to someone who works front of house, like runs pizza to customers and things. Oh my God, I need this from downstairs and they'll do it. It's, I think it's a really, really nice environment to be in and vice versa. You know, I'm really slow at folding pizza boxes. It's <laughs> embarrassing, but I'll still do it. So it's nice. Along the theme of your different roles and responsibilities at uni, 
What do you think you did well over your time in terms of time management, multitasking, that kind of thing? I think I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it again. And hopefully you guys can agree from kind of knowing me for a while, but also having been through similar experiences yourself. I got things wrong. I got things really, really wrong. Um, And honestly, I think that's a strength because I've not kind of gone oh my gosh, I really messed that up. Let me just run away and move country and change my name sort of thing. It's (laughs) like, right, all right, hold my hands up. I've messed up. Now, own it. Own it. um, Pick up the pieces and kind of be like, right, how are we going to resolve this? Um, And kind of involve people with that process, not saying like, oh, you messed up as well, but more, I need a hand here because, you know, I see strength in you that I want to be able to, learn from and work with and stuff so it's why I'm in this podcast because I messed up a couple of times and now I'm like apparently I'm good at time management so I don't think apparently I think it's a very clear (laughs) it's a miracle how you are able to successfully balance a lot of things um and try and like find time in a day that only has finite hours yeah um to actually complete everything that you do which is really really impressive um what would you say was your like maybe number one thing that you did wrong that like someone else could like look out for to try and prevent that for themselves? Definitely working really long hours. As um, in working like prove long hours or uni long hours or both, generally? Generally. Okay. So um, there was a period of time where I would work a Friday I had two jobs at one point. So I would tutor three till five and then I'd immediately end the tutoring call, grab my bag, which was packed while I was tutoring and go up to prove and work maybe six clothes. So I'd get out about midnight. I would then come home. I'd wake up in the morning, provided I hadn't studied in that period. Sometimes I would come home and do some work. Go to sleep, wake up, Saturday morning, I'd tutor straight through nine to five. I'd have about 45 minutes for lunch around one o'clock. And then again, pack my bag and go off to work, uh, come back about midnight um, and then do some work. Go to sleep, wake up in the morning, it's now Sunday, do some work, take an hour, run to the shops, run back again. Um work 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 till six o'clock and then you'll never guess what I did I would go back to work um and Sundays were always a bit longer so it'd again be 12 half 12 that I'd come home wake up Monday morning straight into uni 9am three hour project I can't lie that sounds so robotic wow <laughs> like I don't know how a human can manage that no me neither like I felt like I was going like a similar sort of a very strict like nine to whatever yeah. over like exam period and I felt like I was going insane when I would get up get into the IC for nine leave at six wake up the next morning do yeah. exactly the same thing the next morning exactly the same thing and it was horrible so doing that for longer than like five weeks throughout I, think I must have done it for about six seven months yeah throughout first year second second year throughout second year second year was tough I can only imagine that sounds horrendous yeah so um, what was the workaround for that apart from I guess saying take a, a few more breaks in between that time was there an element of multitasking that factored into it definitely um so multitasking really became apparent around exam seasons and maybe I 
shouldn't be saying it, but, you know, I tutored online. So there was levels of flexibility that I was able to afford. I would be tutoring someone in, say, split vowel digraphs, a random topic. Mm. Um, So I actually have proficiency in English as well as a result of my tutoring work, which is crazy for an engineer. Um, It's words like, um, I now can't think of one, rake, where you've got consonant, vowel, consonant, vowel. So it's a split vowel in the word because the A and the E are split by K. Right. Will's mind is blown. Yeah, I'll take your word for that. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know that they categorised words so, they do. so heavily. It's crazy. So since we were at school, um, obviously the GCSEs and the A-levels and everything changed. Well, we were taught on the old specs, but they've revised all of the syllabuses through all of compulsory school to reflect changes that happen right at the top so mm. split vowel diagraphs we were taught but we were never taught the name of them wow anyway so i was teaching that whilst looking at i don't know flow through an engine at the same time sort of thing i see um so so was that like actually at the same time yeah so, so like you'd have one open on like one screen and one open on the other so you'd mm-hmm. sort of help the person let them do their part yeah and then mm. while they were working you'd be working yourself on something completely different correct that's really interesting. I, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, I, ha- I definitely have seen you do that before. Yeah. And I don't know how it works because I can't do that. Um, I think it's like the, the ability that you have to... Li- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because That's there okay. was a time... <laughs> we just moved into our new flat. Right. And Mo gave me a personality <laughs> test. And I was sitting in our kitchen, right? And we had Spotify on. I don't know what we were listening to. Yeah. And we've got these bar stalls in our kitchen. So Mo and I are having a conversation. I'm filling in this personality test, singing to whatever's on Spotify, and spinning around on this bar oh stool all at the same time. And Mo just went, What is going on? <laughs> Oh, it was, it was, I am absolutely baffled by that skill that you have. Um, and I still haven't figured out how that works, but I do have an interesting viewpoint to offer. So myself and Will, we did a bit of research online around multitasking to try and actually understand what it was. And we came up with um, the short paragraph that I'm just going to read out now. And it says, Multitasking is the belief that we are doing multiple things simultaneously, but in reality, the brain is rapidly switching between tasks. This constant switching comes at a neurobiological cost and depletes neural resources needed for focus. While some jobs require this kind of rapid switching, it's important to take breaks to restore burned out neurochemicals. The brain is adapting to the constant influx of information, but it's a slow process. And in the meantime, we should practice self-discipline and focus on one thing at a time for a few hours a day. So, that was the opinion of um, a, 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 from a YouTube channel called Big Think on YouTube. Um, but I sort of see that being in contrast to the the practices that you've had in the sense where you can do multiple things at the same time. And it, at least from the outside, it doesn't seem like you're switching between them. It, uh, what was your experience of that, I guess? I think there's definitely an element of switching. Hmm. But everyone's different and the level at which I can switch a task makes it seem like oh it's seamless um but that's over years like I must have been multitasking I'm 22 now god it's been years like (laughs) 
you know, I, I, th- I can't think of a time in my life where I haven't been doing it. So if you knew me maybe 15 years ago, you'd probably notice, like, ah, she's changing task sort of thing. You know, there was that obvious pause and stuff. So maybe I've become so good in inverted commas at the switching because it's something that I've been doing so long and mm. so casually. Like, you know, when you see a one-year-old learning to walk, they make it look like one of the most difficult things on the planet. You know, they take that first step and then they've got to like balance themselves and think, oh my God, I'm still standing, what's going on? And do it again and do it again. And Will's cringing because... No, I I think that's a brilliant analogy. (laughs) I really do. But, you know, Will came to find me earlier because I got horrifically lost in the diamond where we were recording. Um, And walking was just, you just did it. Yeah, don't even think about it, I suppose. Don't even think about it. And I don't even think about it. I think, Mo, you were reading that quote, and I remember reading it last night, so I was like, oh, this is interesting. As I text you back saying I'm still lost and saw that another one of my groups is lost somewhere in the diamond, and then I realised there's bits of work that I need to do, and I started, I had a thought about one of them. Again, it's like walking from A to B. I'm so used to switching between tasks, I'm doing it without even realising it. So... I, I think really don't concentrate on becoming like really good at switching between tasks and don't beat yourself up if you can't do it. It's if you can do it, you can do it. And if you can't, that's okay. But being able to kind of own up and say, do you know what? This isn't for me is a massive, massive thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people should be looked at differently if you can't do it. Like Yeah, for sure. Mm. I think, I think the, Maybe like the point that I took from from the quote was that it's it's possible for everybody to switch tasks quickly, right? You can go from like writing in a journal to watching a video. Maybe that's not the same thing, but maybe like working on some lecture notes or something and back quickly. But it's the toll that that will have like on your brain's battery, as it were. Ah. That's like the big one. Yeah. So you can do that. You can switch back and forth, but that's going to be much less efficient for you learning and absorbing that information for most people. Um, to do that, let's say like 10 minutes on, 10 minutes on something else and switching for a couple hours, then it would be just to split that time in half and spend half of the time working on one thing, half working on the other. Um, and I know that's not always possible with like the example, some of the examples that you gave where it was like tutoring. You know, you can't really cram that into half the time and then do your lecture in the other half. It was it was very much like you'd sort of fill the gaps with <laughs> with your work. Um, but but I, think, I think that would be my take. So... Would you would you say that you because you are good at multitasking and flicking between things, but do you think that it still has that negative effect on like your sort of brain capacity, as it were? Absolutely. So you, so you do, yeah. Absolutely. I okay. think you know on those days where it was a case of tutoring, split valve diagraphs, flow through an engine, and go to work and like think I've got to wash these plates, get this ice cream out, this, that, the other. I'd come back and just think. I'm going to crawl into bed. I'm not going to sleep because my brain is just buzzing. Mm. It's playing catch up as it were. Like, you know, when you run a race and you've got a stitch, that's oxygen debt. And you've got to like replenish that oxygen. So although you finished running, you're still breathing really heavily. That's just your body kind of getting that oxygen back, which is effectively what my brain's doing at that point where I kind of like get into bed and I think I'm going to sleep, but I'm not going to sleep because my brain's like... 
it's still 10 o'clock where I am. Yeah. Like, I just need the time to catch up. Not necessarily think back through and be like, should I have done that tray or should I have scrubbed that pot sort of thing? But more that happened and that happened and that happened. Not as a weird montage of the events playing back in my head. But I guess that with the rapid switching and stuff, that has definitely happened. And in a way, it's kind of natural to go through that. But mm. if you don't get to that stage, it doesn't mean you're bad at it, for example. Right. I think I think there's definitely like an advantage to maybe not doing it as well. Oh, like absolutely. if you if you actually have the time, like try not to do that because I don't think it is the most efficient way of, of learning or getting the most done for most people, I'd say. Like if you do have like 20 things to do and that's the only way you can get them done, you know, even at the detriment of like your brain battery or whatever, then maybe you sort of have to do it that way. But I'd say if you can try and like break things up into blocks where you focus on that one task for, you know, a slightly larger period of time. This is the part of the show where I remember another random book that I haven't actually read, but know the name of. (laughs) And it's by Cal Newport. It's called Deep Work. And I'm pretty sure it's around this idea of having like set blocks of time that aren't like you doing anything else where you do just focus on one thing and try and zone in on that one thing for an extended period of time and then give yourself the break. So there are multiple ways of going about it. Um, I do think each each one has its advantages and disadvantages for, for people. Yeah, because I think when you mentioned earlier about your like, what do you call it, your rainbow road to, to bed or something, like that there is essentially like time blocking as well. Yeah. Like in the most literal sense, because you have time or, or blocked out little time chunks for you to complete all these different tasks. The difference between what maybe the optimum calendar looks like and Parisha's is that on Parisha's calendar, you'll see things are simultaneously going on. So it means that when she is doing that tutoring, she's also revising. Mm. Is that fair, yeah? Less so now. Less so now. I've kind of reflected on that lifestyle and thought, actually, it's just not working. Brilliant. Um, So I have a period of, I think it's five, six gorgeous hours today where I need to look at a report that I don't want to look at. So, yeah. I'll be with you. (laughs) I don't. In spirit. (laughs) with it yeah me neither um, avionics gang if you're <laughs> studying engineering go into avionics this is your plug no this is your sign <laughs> no. <laughs> no cfd reports no shush <laughs> <laughs> um, okay um moving from a more i guess internal perspective to external um the people around you your network and how you can use them to manage your time better what have been your sort of I guess your key takeaways for how to manage the people around you. I have really come into my own with delegating. So about nine months ago, I was told that I wouldn't be suitable for a lead role because I don't possess the kind of power within myself to delegate tasks and I would just take on the entire team's tasks and look to deliver that all myself and I thought about that and then I cried about that I fall prey to this as well actually likewise (laughs) and then I went right screw you 
I'm going to show you you're wrong. And that's what I did. Uh, away from this environment, I decided to remove myself from that environment and find an environment that was more supportive of what I wanted to achieve. Um, so I am the body and chassis team lead for Sheffield Eco Motorsport. And these guys are just incredible. Like We may or may not have been told that all the work we've done can now not continue and the like but long story um actually what I really enjoy doing is delegating and prompting others and I think the way in which I delegate is not tasks a to d need to be done so will you do a and b and mo you do c and d it's kind of I look at the situation and think actually a and d are more suited to will so Will, I think that A and D are best suited to you. But if you want to challenge yourself, like, go for it, man. I'm going to support you with that. What do you want to do? And kind of say, I've got this quota of tasks that need to be done. Who wants to do what? But also prompt others to take the leadership role early on under my mentorship. So as someone in the lead role, that's not I'm the best person to make sure we go in the right direction that's I view it as a I'm the best person right now to be able to help all of these people be me in a year's time Mm. there's definitely a very specific way of doing it and you have to go about it in a very specific way to not sound like you're just being a boss to someone else yeah I don't like the idea of being a boss I guess the whole role of a leader is if something goes wrong Unfortunately, the responsibility has to fall to someone, and I'm yeah. looking at Will. Is like, oh god, <laughs> yeah. he's, uh, project leader, Kestrel. Yeah, no, you've got all this fun to come, you know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I I really really enjoyed the delegating aspect of it. So to delve into it slightly, there's seven component parts on my sub team that need doing. Mm. One of them is like huge. There's at least I think the kind of lead on that which is weird to say it, he's gone, oh, I've organised it like this, this and this, and there's like 120 parts or something. And I kind of went, wow, you've got a big task. And he went, yeah, I don't know how I'm doing this. But he's got everything organised and I see practices that I've used, but not necessarily in the same way because it's what works for him. Right. Um, and I said to him, I, I messaged him, I said, what are your plans for next year? And he went, oh, potentially year in industry or if not I'll be in Sheffield and I said I think you would be really really positive and really kind of be able to come into yourself in a lead role um and if you go into industry then they'll be really lucky to have you um and he came back the week after and he's got a placement which is incredible for him but it means that the team do lose an incredible asset for a year but yeah and I think you know I look at him and I think you sitting around that table in September so that was what six seven six months ago would not have thought it but if what I've managed to achieve as a leader through delegation and through mentoring is that you have found something about yourself then my work is done I think that's probably maybe I think that's probably my favorite thing about leadership is being able to see those people grow throughout the time yeah. and being able to have a hand in that as well. Because like we experienced, me and Mo experienced with Kestrel where we got given the opportunity, you know, that normally we probably wouldn't have gotten, you yeah. know, to go into a, a, a leadership role 
much earlier and as our like first step into a project mm-hmm. it meant that we then had that chance taken on us in a sense and and were trusted to try and like push that forward so Franek, the old project leader, trusted us to do that and gave us the chance and then saw us grow throughout that year, making lots of mistakes along the way, of course, but really developing as like individuals as well, individual like leaders. And as like the lead now, being able to have sort of that view of everybody in the project and seeing sort of the small, I say small, and seeing the individuals grow within themselves and really like, and really come into themselves. It's, it's really inspiring. Um, yeah. Um, do you think that aspect of delegation carries forward for people who say aren't in those sorts of hierarchical like projects or societies? I'm imagining like a, a uni student, a first year who's just joined and is like scouting out for societies or things to join, but isn't necessarily like in charge of someone's work or um, even underneath someone in that hierarchical sense. In terms of like managing it, in terms of time management and being able to function productively and work well how do you think that aspect of delegation can or can't carry forward or are there other tips that you'd recommend i think if you can practice it within a team it's a lot easier to kind of implement with your own personal experiences and the like is that the direction you're going in with it it was more just a question of for someone who's for example a first year who isn't necessarily at performing as a leader in a project, um, what tips would you recommend around the idea of time management? And, well, yeah, time management, really, in terms of how they can best manage their time. Can I jump in? Yeah, sure. I think I think with delegation, delegation doesn't necessarily have to be to other people, like, in theory, right? Like, when you're talking about, like, having a big list of tasks and trying to delegate that, you can delegate it to yourself still, so if as a first year you're not in any teams or anything but you still have like that big list of tasks to do delegate it to like your future self if that makes sense so um try and like rank the order of like things that need to be done and then assign that to yourself um for various periods like throughout your week for example right um fair point i think it's recognizing that setting yourself tasks as well is what we call life in the sense that just because at the time you've written it doesn't mean that at, like two hours later the priorities haven't changed. Yeah. So I think a lot of people will see me constantly attached to my laptop or my iPad or my phone. That's not because I'm scrolling absentmindedly through social media or something, which isn't necessarily a waste of time. It's still a brain break. Um, I prefer to keep my task lists digital because I can look at it and go, right, although I want to wash my hair, for example, I do need to eat first. And then I can say, right, I'm going to switch that round. But then when it comes to it, I might be like, well, if I'm smart about this, I can just put that in the oven and go and wash my hair in the 20 minutes. So I'll move it round. That's a really strange I, I thought you might have taken your food into the shower. <laughs> no, it's going to get soggy, Will. <laughs> I thought that was going to be how you like oh, really compress no. those two Productivity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> No, I've done it before where I'm like, oh, oh I no. want to eat before I shower. No, I've not taken my food into the shower because can you imagine? Like, you take like, it, like a cup that's covered with a straw. Okay, we're not going to go into this. Stick it all in a blender. No, soup. No. We're, we're good for now. <laughs> we don't do soup in this house. This is making the bloopers. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, that definitely is. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've not really talked about the aspect of like having a social life at the same time as pursuing all of these career and work goals. Crazy, I actually do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How? <laughs> um, honestly, it becomes a point where I'm like, do you know what? I've got all of this stuff to do, but I'm human. I need a break. And the stuff will still be there waiting. And I know in myself that I will kind of, as you said, will delegate it to my future self to get it done before the deadline. But an aspect of uni is living in the moment. It's a bit weird and it's so much easier to say than actually do. But I have struggled um, quite a lot over the last year with a very debilitating physical illness. And I think that's really taught me that I can turn to people in my friend circle and say, I need help with this. Or are you able to give me a hand with this task just so that I can get through? And being able to see that people in my friend circle are really receptive to that and be like, yeah, of course. Because it gives them a break as well at the end of the day. Um, But it's definitely brought me a lot closer to people Mm. and made me think, do you know what? I have this personal kind of tie to you now where it means that I want to spend time with you. Mm. And I mean, you know, then it comes to stuff like birthdays and I just want a break or there's a new film in the cinema. And it's it's justifiable to me to be like, do you know what? I'm going to go see that. Sunday night, I ordinarily would have been, I don't know, cooking for the week or cramming in some last minute work now this week I was in the cinema and it was a great evening I was like you know what I'm glad I did this I really needed that I think earlier in the week obviously Will and I we've both had uh certain annual milestone events um that's one way to put it we turned old yeah um otherwise known as birthdays yeah Um, but that's the point (laughs) annual milestone events yeah that is such a formal way of looking at that. Because I don't want to remember I'm old. It's true. Um, but it was really nice to think, do you know what? Like, we've got all this craziness going on at the moment, but it's only going to get crazier if I don't step away from it for an hour or two. And, you know, a week ago, the three of us were sat in the student union bar and then we were stood outside because the fire alarm went off. <laughs> but it was such a nice time to be with people who mean a lot to me. Um, and Mo, obviously, I'm joking. So. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> um, no, it was really nice, and there was a couple of um people like from Project Kestrel that were there as well, and it was, you know, I would never have got to spend that time with those people if I hadn't gone. Do you know what? I'm gonna do this, yeah. And that's really, really helped me in the recovery from said debilitating physical illness. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely in a better place for being able to rely on my friends and say, look, I need you to hold me accountable for getting this work done or actually having a break, which I know Mo and I have done in the past. Yeah, definitely. I think we started doing it and then maintenance came in and said, we need to take your wardrobe. So it was like, Mo, (laughs) I've got them to my wardrobe. Long story. Okay. (laughs) Take a word for it. Um, I had something to say. Me too. I've also forgotten. I've got a question. Go for it. So you guys live different lifestyles to me in the sense, largely, you're not on that rainbow brick road to bedtime all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, there are on days, there are off days. 
um, and the work commitments that each of you have is on variance to mine. So how do you have a balance without a job to regiment it in the sense that how do you structure free time because obviously my shifts are on off on off right whereas mo i believe your work is more flexible yeah and will don't have no job <laughs> um <laughs> i don't really want to get into that um yeah sure i mean i could start us off i think in terms of my uni job having that well it is really just an hourly meeting every week that is set and that I have to go to. And apart from that, it is very much flexible work. So I can work whenever I want. Um, having structure in my life has, uh, at least recently, in, in a very major part come from <laughs> having other people schedule things in my calendar for me. So lectures factor into that. Um, that work meeting factors into it. But anytime that there isn't schedule, Anytime that there isn't something scheduled in my calendar, I've gotten into the habit of just booking out a booth or a computer somewhere and saying that's work time. Um, and I think it, it, I do still try to give myself a break from time to time, just sort of throughout the day. One of my goals for this year has been around self-care and just making sure I actually eat at some point during the day, which I never do. Um, but filling that time that is essentially just empty on my calendar saying to myself, I'm literally just going to go to the Diamond or engineering building and sit down at a computer and not even specifying past that, but just saying, I'm going to try and do something. More often than not, I'll end up getting something productive done. I'd sort of, yeah, I think I'd agree with that, where sort of having almost other people schedule things in, like lectures, gives me that structure as well. And then with like student project meetings and other commitments, like, they will be at the same time every week. So where you get your shifts and it might be like, you might work a Friday and a Sunday or a Saturday and a Friday or whatever, right? I, I just know that every Wednesday we have our like two hour leaders meeting three yeah. to five. And that gives me like the structure I need to then be able to sort of, again, delegate myself time or, or tasks to do in certain blocks that I will put in myself into my calendar. Um, so I think about trying to balance the social life with that though is, is, for me, again, like almost, almost like is actually putting it in the calendar. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just live my life based off like Google Calendar, as I'm sure you do as well, Prisha. And, and Mo, for, to be fair, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so everything that I do from like the sport that I'll do, like what time training sessions are for the different sports. And um, like my brother's coming up this weekend. So I've got like that booked in. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> um, and, and just trying to give myself the structure there and then when there's free space, that's when it's sort of time to, um, that's when it's sort of time to just like chill by myself. Like maybe I'll like, I was about to say, I, I, I read a book. That is an absolute lie. That's what <laughs> oh, I want to do. Read. That's what I, I want it. to do. Although my library books are overdue. Let's not tell Sheffield Central Library. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Um, but then also to like time with Etty as well. Like in the evenings, we'll always like cook dinner together. Yeah. Correction. Um, often we will cook dinner together um and then like watch a film or like watch our show or something like that and that will be sort of off time in the evening and she's almost my accountability partner in that sense um i would say which is really nice mm. um i don't really schedule my like socializing free time in uh, everything on my calendar right now is just work and i have it as a sort of internal 
uh, compass to tell myself when I'm getting burnt out, which I think, like you mentioned before, with the idea of practice, I've gradually gotten better at doing and saying, okay, look, I need to take a step back. I've been working for a while now. And then just, I don't know, if my friends are doing something. I definitely think you're better at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I giggled because, um, well, flat is a zoo, so. Yeah. We know when our friends are doing something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, it's exactly, yeah. So if, if my friends are doing something or everyone, let me restart. If my friends are doing something, I can just say to myself, I'm going to take a step back and just hang out for a bit. Um, and that will give me the the time that I need to let my brain catch up and de-stress, basically. But it was more a question of if you, so do you do it in the same way or is it more, because you structure your socializing time as well so is it more just like it's a regular thing that you do every day and regardless of whether you're feeling like you need to or not it's just a nice thing to have um i think potentially it's just more down to like being almost like a control freak about what i'm doing in my life and 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 needing to know like what i'm doing so Mm -hmm. therefore i put it in um because it's essentially like a reflective diary of what i actually did do every day as well um and also now that I know on Google Calendar you can like private events, I'm going to be putting way more social stuff on there. Did you not know you could do no, that? No, no. <laughs> so like I was worried people would see, I mean, not worried, but like that I went out to like Raw one night. Like, you know, what are they going to start <laughs> Scandalous. <thinking? laughs> I know. Will works yeah. at Raw. I know, I know. Crazy. <laughs> I would definitely say schedule your social time because it holds you accountable to have it. Right. The same way as, like, as I've said before, like over exam season, I'll like schedule breaks for myself to make sure that I do have them. Mm. Um, do the same with like your social life so that if you have like a mate's birthday party next week, put that in your calendar. Because also then it means you don't forget as well. You yeah, know? true. Um, and it's it's kind of having that communication to your future self and having it sort of digitalized or, or written down somewhere in a natural calendar. Um, just makes yourself more accountable and reliable in that sense, which is uh, a core value that I like to try and stick to reliability. Mm. Um, so yeah, it definitely helps with that as well. Um, to wrap up the podcast a bit, is that okay? Yeah? To wrap up the podcast, um, Parisha Mo, what are your maybe like three, like couple top tips for managing your time or um, like, yeah, time management? What would you reckon? I'd definitely say um, delegate stuff. You know, if... Things are becoming overwhelming or there are tasks you can kind of give to others to allow them to develop themselves or put aside for yourself to do to later. Delegate it. Um, Definitely use that social time as well. Rely on your friends. Build an accountability partner in a way. I I think that's been really, really helpful. Um, I'm looking at Mo. That 10 minutes was insane. I got so much done. Um, But that was definitely something um and get things wrong and own it i think you know if you get things wrong and kind of think you know skip country change name that's still an all right kind of reaction to it but learn from it and think right i've now live in peru and my name is not will brooks but what can i do and (laughs) try not to make the same mistake again in peru (laughs) exactly uh, the takeaway okay exactly i'm still I was to sum up three three key takeaways, or a couple. As, as a couple, a couple, in terms of time management. Mm. Also, takeaways from the episode. 
Yeah. I think I... So I, before this episode, I came at it from a slightly different perspective to you, Farisha, in that I did sort of believe in the idea of deep work and that in that I would schedule extended blocks, if not in my calendar, then mentally to say to myself, because I am a night owl, it would usually be around like 8 p.m. onwards. I'm just going to focus on this and work on it for however long it takes to do it. Um, so in terms of time management and getting things done, I think because I'm not as good a multitasker, um, I rely more on getting in the zone and staying in the zone. And so for people that generally want to stay consistent at something, setting out a single block of time where you do just have that initial period of getting into a flow state and then keeping that up for as long as is, well, I don't wanna say as long as is necessary, but as long as you're able to, while still staying healthy, I would recommend that from my experience. Nice, that's a really good takeaway. I think my takeaway, I'm gonna answer my own question, um, my biggest one would be about your brain battery and about how you, and about how you should, I believe, block out chunks of time and try and stick to one activity at one time as much as possible for the general population. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is kind of like advice against what Parisha has experienced or done. And telling me I don't identify with the general population. Okay, maybe I'll rephrase. Would you like me to rephrase? Beef. Beef. <laughs> <laughs> I accept. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, trying to break down sort of... And trying to split up the tasks that you have to do into small doable... Uh, blocks of time where as you said Mo get into that flow state for that hour and really just like do that task to the best of your ability for that hour and then move on after that hour um I think that's for me the way that I have found the I think for me that's the way that I found has been most optimum for trying to maintain a good mental state and a good brain battery um when I often flick back and forward between tasks say I've got like lots of odd jobs to do and I try and do all of them at once flicking between tabs that's when I find myself a not when I find myself struggling to remember what I actually have to do missing out on completing different tasks and also not completing them as well as I would if I just sat down and did them sequentially um so that would be my takeaway I love that we all come at it from slightly different perspectives and I think the hmm. I, I think one of the really key things to take away is also that you should do what works for you um, and whatever you relate to most in this podcast, or even if you don't relate to something and you just think it's an interesting thing to try out that you haven't done before, I would highly recommend that. Yeah, definitely. Because hopefully one of us will resonate with you. Um, or And if it doesn't, or if it does in a, in a negative way, maybe you could think about trying out one of our other perspectives and trying to figure out if that works for you as well. Um, so let us know. Uh, but with that, I want to thank you so much, Parisha, for coming to the podcast and being our first guest. Yeah, thank you very much. What a badge <laughs> of honour. No, it's been great. And thank you for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. You've been a cracking guest and hopefully people enjoy listening to the podcast. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.